So let me ask you this. Let's say that down the stretch here, they, you know, they finish up with like a, you know, 750 winning percentage kind of, you know, which actually would be less than what they currently have on the entire season. But let's just say that, you know, they're winning eight out of the, you know, eight of the last 10 games, seven of the last 10 games, whatever. Um, but in doing so, the power play continues to be uh, anemic. And and you mentioned to me before we started recording that they, once again, they went over five last night. Um, it's been a struggle for the last 20 games or so. Twenty. It, it's been 20, 27. It's been a third of the season. So oh, wow. I, I look, I looked at these numbers because um, read something about this uh, that will hopefully be up a little later Wednesday. Um, yeah, their last 27 games, which is exactly a third of the season, they are 11 of 93, 11.8%. Second wow. worst in the NHL during that time. Only the Chicago Blackhawks have been worse. So, yeah, like it's not, you know, like I think you can, when it comes to the power play, it's like, all right, if you want to lump that in with everything else Tuesday night and be like, okay, it was just an all-around dud and the power play was part of that. Oh, but it's not like it's just that one game for the power play, though. So that's why that is actually like the one legitimate concern um, because it's nat- it's been way more than a few games or even a couple weeks. Like th- This goes back to late January. You're talking over two months now that it's been, you know, not just below average, but legitimately one of the worst power plays in the NHL. So, and, you know, I think for a long time, I I know I felt this way. I think a lot of people felt this way was, you know, you felt like, all right, they'll eventually get going. You know, at some point during down the stretch, like they'll find more urgency and, and it'll get going. They'll figure it out. There's too much talent out there. They've done it before. They were, you know, one of the top three power plays in the league early in earlier in the season but it just keeps dragging on and now you're at eight games left in the regular season and it's still not fixed and it still looks just as sloppy as it has like throughout this whole stretch. And I feel like, you know, you're getting to the point where like you're running out of time to have it, to really fix it before the playoffs and really start to feel good about it. Because I do think it's in guys head. Like, I don't think it's just about execution, although obviously that's a huge part of it, but, I think it's in guys' heads, and and I asked Montgomery about that after the game Tuesday, and he said as much. He's like, yeah, it is in guys' heads. Like, you know, guys aren't jumping on rebounds, loose pucks. They're trying to make the perfect play. Like, you know, stuff that, right? Like, the the more you try to fix something, sometimes the the worse you make it. Like, you start to overthink it, and, you you know, you want everything to be perfect and – you want it to look good and, and sometimes like the better approach is almost to have, I don't want to say carefree, but to have like a looser mindset where it's like, just go out and, and play hockey, like pass to the open guy, take shots. And it does seem like there's an element of overthinking it for them and kind of having it snowball and just pile up in their minds. So that so that begs the question: if this is if this is uh, remains a pattern, and you mentioned it, it's been the last third of the season. Now they're still top, what twelve, thirteen power play in the league, right? I think they are they eleventh. Uh, they're fifteenth now, so they're oh. middle of the pack overall. Well, then okay, then then they get what they deserve. Then um, so it begs the question: Scott, can 
if the power play remains this quiet, can the Bruins still win a cup if that's the case? Because special teams is obviously a very important part of the postseason. It's part of the NHL game that is today. Of course, in 2011, the Bruins won the Stanley Cup without a great power play, but have, have times changed a little bit more since then? Yeah, I mean, yes, I think they can win a cup without having a great power play. I I think it probably has to be a little better than it's been. Um, But, you know, they're so good that they could more or less play special teams even, where, like, okay, their power play isn't scoring, but their penalty kill has been really good all year. And it's had a couple hiccups with Forbert out. But I think it, for the most part, it still looked pretty good and has been pretty good results-wise. Um, so you your penalty kill can you know shut down your opponent's power play, and special teams can just be boring, low-scoring affairs where not much happens. And then the Bruins can win at five on five, where they're better than pretty much everyone. Like if you want to make a case for Carolina, they're a really good five on five team, but. Yeah, so the Bruins can win series and they can win the cup without a great power play, but it makes it a heck of a lot tougher because now your margin for error has really shrunk. You know, if you have this Bruins team that's as good in every other area and you get the power play going at, you know, at least at 20 plus percent, well, now it's, you know, that much tougher to beat the Bruins because now not only can they beat you a five and five? But if you take penalties, they're going to make you pay. And that's like the other part of it is your success in the power play. Like that can change how opponents play against you. You know, if the Bruins aren't scoring and by the way, also are giving up some shorthanded chances, then teams are probably going to play them a little more physical, and not as afraid to take penalty. Whereas the way the power play is humming along at, you know, in a, insane brand. it's like yeah i think when teams play them they are very conscious of making sure they don't take penalties because they know that that power play there's really good chance it's gonna make them pay um you know so yeah long answer of saying like yes they can win without it improving a whole lot but it sure as hell would make their life a lot easier if they could get it going so I want to ask you two questions to follow up on that. Number one, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, what would your five-man unit be? And, and I think the the biggest question mark there would be the defenseman on the top of the umbrella, unless you would like to go with a five-forward look, five look, but I don't think you would. And then my second question would be, are you open to, like, shuffling around the role of the personnel? Like, would, like, like if things are going stale, like, should should Pasternak slide over to the bumper for 20 seconds and have Bergeron go out to the flank or like Marshan go to the bumper if the puck's near the side of the ice? Like, like, I, like, should they should they be so? First of all, it's a tough question because I I do feel like they should keep it stupid simple, like you mentioned, just get the puck to the net. And I feel like when I'm asking you, it might overcomplicate things, but um, and I, and they don't need that to happen right now. But like. Do you think that they're just in their heads because they're so locked in on like what their specific role is when they get in the, the ozone? Like there's not just enough creativity and just natural playmaking. Yeah. I, I think that's been a problem for a while is it, it seems like everyone wants to get to their spot. And then once they're there, they don't move enough. 
And I, you know, I think back to something I asked Montgomery before the season about, because he talked about how he wanted his five on five play to be really fluid with, you know, defensemen jumping in, guys moving around, covering for each other. And I asked if that also applied to how he wanted the power play to play. And he kind of like poo-pooed and said to him, power play is more about puck movement than body movement. But I feel like that's kind of burned the Bruins at times. Like I, I think they could benefit from more body movement of guys just moving around, popping up in different spots. Like some of the few highlights I can think of, of the power play recently have been like Martian and Pasenak flipping elbows or DeBrusque cycling out high and, and like making something happen, like driving downhill instead of just standing at the net front. And I think that now, and like now you look at Charlie McAvoy in the second unit and I think he's had a lot more freedom to move. I think that second unit has been, uh, has had a lot more movement and he's been given some freedom to kind of roam around and jump down the wing. And I feel like that's, Help it at least looks more dangerous. You know, I don't know that it's led to like a ton more goals, but it's something different. And I think it puts penalty kills in in a in an awkward situation where now they're defending guys in different spots than what they've seen on video. Um whereas when McAvoy's on the top unit or Lindholm or Orlov or whoever's been up there as the quarterback, it seems like they just stay more or less in that center point spot maybe a little bit of walking the blue line, but I'm like, I don't know. I, I would have more body movement and it. It seems like there's been times where they've tried to incorporate that, um, but not enough to me. So as far as personnel, like, I don't know, maybe it's time to put McAvoy back there on the top unit, but I would do that telling him, hey, we want you to play the way you've been playing the second unit. You know, we want you to have more freedom to move around. Like, I don't want McAvoy going back to the top unit and just standing at center point because that doesn't, that's nothing different than what Lindholm or Orlov can do. Yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like, I feel like uh, one of the most important aspects of a power play is puck retrieval. And I feel like if you're implementing what you're discussing I feel like that allows the Bruins to be quicker on pucks because you're already moving. You're not stationary. You're not in your spot. And I think that helps too. And people will oftentimes say, oh man, the power play is struggling. There's way too much talent on the, on this power play for it to be struggling, which is true, but they're kind of limiting their, their own capabilities. They're lowering their ceiling. They're, they're, they're kind of, because there's, because yeah, there's a ton of talent out there, but that's, but they're not, allowing themselves to utilize it because they're just like you said they're staying in like their five you know they're like they're like 10 foot radius of, of their position like they get in the offensive zone and then Bergeron goes to the bumper and yeah he moves up and down in it but okay I mean he's that's that's not moving around the ozone like Marshan goes to his he goes to his right wing you know hat uh you know left cir- right circle and he just kind of posts up and he'll go to the goal line he'll go you know towards the blue line but that's kind of it Pasta was a little bit more. DeBrusque is, is responsible for puck retrieval, so he'll go beneath be the goal line. But the reason that Marshan and Bergeron have been dangerous for so long is because 
when they because they're on five at five on five and on the PK, they move more in the PK in the ozone because there's less guys, so they do more. But when they're moving, they're they're cerebral. But when they stop moving their feet and they just kind of stick to their positions on the power play, then they just be, they just become human and they become predictable. So and their skill set isn't they're not enabling their skill set. So yeah, they have all the skill, but they're not putting themselves in a position to use it. And what you talked about, I think, would absolutely um, help that. And I would agree with you on the McAvoy thing too. I think I think that uh, I would like to see him there too. I do think Lindholm is probably the best one at getting pucks to the net um, through traffic and stuff like that. And that's been evidence uh, evident this year as well. But I just think from a, from what we're talking about from movement, um, McAvoy and Lindholm can move too. But like McAvoy just kind of has that that swagger when he when he's going, and I think that that unit could use that. Um, I want to keep it to one player on the power play real quick before we move on to some for, team. Yeah, yeah, for a second there, I thought you were gonna uh, I thought you were gonna try the will versus skill thing again. I thought you were gonna <laughs> give that another shot after last podcast. I'll have to put that on the back burner for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but there is some there is some personnel news to get to on the Bruins. Um, but before we get to that, I want to keep it to to David Pasternak because I I mentioned off the top he got his fifty second goal of the year. And I guess my question to you is, do you see him uh, eclipsing Cam Neely's 55 goal mark? I think he set back in 89-90, I think, something like that for most goals by Bruin and whatever it's been, you know, 30, 30 plus years. Since Esposito, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I guess I probably do. He's certainly on pace to, to pass that. I think he's probably at, what, like 58 goal pace or something. Um, or 57, but you know, that could also depend on, you know, does he get a game or two off here at some point? He's one of the few guys left who's played every game this season. So, um, yeah, I think he probably will. Cause we see him right now in one of the, these stretches where he now has, you know, three goals in the last two games. Um, I think you could see him, you know, pile up a few more in bunches, especially, with some a couple weaker teams coming up on the schedule and, you know, Columbus, St. Louis over the weekend. So yeah, I guess he probably will. And that'll be the most for a Bruins since Esposito. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think 60 is absolutely in sights. I mean, because we know, we know he can score a hat trick any given game. And as you mentioned, there's some weak opponents up here. So, um, I mean, he. I can see him potting two goals against Pittsburgh and Columbus each, and then you know it's, and then you know, then he's at what fifty-seven with like whatever. So, sixties in sight, which is, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. How many sixty-goal scores have there been in the NHL in the last? I mean, really ever, but especially in the last, I like, call it thirty, forty years. I mean, I know it was Ovechkin yeah. and Matthews and McDavid is approaching it, but Stamkos, I think, did it once. Did he get it once? Okay, I think so. Okay, I mean, but. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, that, that that's in sight. You know, it's crazy but, that McDavid's already at sixty. Like, oh, did he, did he finally get sixty? Oh yeah, he got yeah. Him, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. I know. <laughs> Fuck. He, I mean, he gets seventy probably. 